0: Baby, 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 oh! Like baby, 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 new. No. So excited! So excited! So excited! Yeah, that's a what? Justin. That's a that's a Justin Bieber song. Baby, baby,
1: baby, oh! <laughs> hey, two two things real quick. Um, yeah. just gonna, just gonna stop you right there. One, mm. um. I don't. I could not name a Justin Bieber song for you, so no idea if you're doing a great job or not. But hey, ah. I think you're trying real hard. To <laughs> um, why why are you singing Justin Bieber right now? <laughs> I'm, I'm excited
0: because we have his his brother, his older brother, on uh, Leaving Bieber, and he is going to be yeah. on our podcast. And I'm no. like, baby, baby, no. baby, oh, Leaving I, Bieber, people, the bead Jim, hmm. Leaving Bertier. Bertie, Bertier, not Bieber. Berthier, not Bieber. Are you sure? It looks like Bieber to me. Positive. Levin Bertier. Right. Oh, all right. Oh, I'll read his bio um, as you say, although I think it's Bieber. Uh, Levin Bertier, <laughs> not Bieber. Levin Bertier is Barco's segment marketing director workplace. He has been with Barco for more than 15 years, taking up different technical, commercial, and marketing roles for the company. Since 2014, he has been part of the ClickShare team responsible for all strategic marketing activities. He strongly advocates design and usability in product development and is convinced that technology can help collaboration become a competitive asset for businesses. And as indicative of the pings I'm getting, his name really is Levin Bertier, and not Levin Bieber, of which I am somewhat disappointed, but happy to hear what he has to say on the podcast.
1: And maybe you could sing a song for him.
0: Ooh. Maybe we'll do a duet. And we'll both go, baby, baby, baby. Ooh, baby, baby, baby. No.
1: Uh, you know, second thought, maybe he and I just sort of dig into the to the research together and, and leave the singing for another another time.
0: Well, all right. We'll, we'll have it your way, Courtney, <laughs> after this important message. You are listening to Tribe Pop a podcast series of interviews of interest to the HR community. It is hosted by Courtney Lane, produced by Jim Stroud, sponsored by Proactive Talent, and enjoyed by you. Today's episode begins right after this.
1: On-demand recruiting is an hourly service that we offer where our recruiters work as an extension of your business, helping to fill your positions by finding top talent. So on-demand recruiting is there to address issues in hiring when a company is experiencing a lot of growth, when they're having some seasonality changes where they may um, temporarily need to expand their recruiting team. You maybe have a new line of business or a space where you're expanding your business and you need to bring in specialty expertise to help fill those niche roles that your internal team may not yet be ramped up on.
0: Proactive Talent's on-demand recruiting solution is uh, quite different from
1: um, a lot of the other models that you're going to see in the the workplace. Whereas you're going to pay a contingency recruiting firm typically on average around 20%, sometimes up
2: to 30% of the first year salary of the person that you hire. And in that same period of time, you'll spend less than a quarter of that
1: with proactive talents managed on demand.
0: For more information on Proactive Talent, visit them online at ProactiveTalent.com or click the link in the podcast description.
1: And good morning. Today, I'm joined by Levin Bertier. He is the segment marketing director workplace at Barco. He's been with Barco for more than 15 years, taking up different technical, commercial, and marketing roles for the company. And I'm excited to have him join us here today to dig into a study they recently um, have released. So first, welcome, Levin. It's so great to have you here.
2: Thank you very much, Courtney. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, thanks for the invitation.
1: Absolutely. So just to to help our audience get to know you a little bit more before we dig into the conversation, um, I I shared a a high-level intro to you, but we'd love to hear more about you and, and what you do at Barco.
2: Um, yeah, so uh, my official title is uh, Segment Marketing Director for Workplace. Uh, that's a mouthful, but basically I'm uh, daily involved with uh, with meetings and uh, how to improve meetings. Uh, and as we know, everything that has to do with meetings in corporations or even uh, in, uh, in, in public sector and so on, meetings are a source of knowledge sharing, our way of collaborating, are, are sort of a competitive advantage for a lot of companies. And that is actually what 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 drives me, and also what drives us at at Barco, and especially with what we do with uh, with Glickshire as a product line. It's this uh, continuous removing of frictions. I would almost say that prevent people from working together.
1: Okay, well, and I mean, I think we all hear meeting, and sometimes we immediately sort of like go, "Oh, meetings," because uh, they can all um, they can sometimes be wonderful, but sometimes they can. Feel like that could have probably been an email. So I'm excited to dig into this topic with you. Um, so you, Barco has recently released a study though that's, that really digs into the future of workplace and really from the employee's mm-hmm. perspective. Do you mind sharing yeah. a little bit about that study and, and, you know, sort of what the goal was when you first set out to start talking to employees about what they thought the future of workplace needed to look like?
2: Absolutely. This this is actually something we started back in uh, 2013 already. So this was uh, the seventh or the eighth time we ran the survey. And it originally started off as the future of meeting survey. But over the years, it, it sort of evolved into really understanding what, how users are perceiving meeting and how are they perceiving meeting quality and, and how they deal with it. And so what we did do this time is we we actually had uh, 1,750 interviews, respondents from uh, seven countries, of course, with uh, with a big sample from the U.S. Also had to make sure, of course, that we had a a good balance, I would say, between different types of companies, small, medium-sized businesses, large companies. Also had to make sure we we had a balance between the different generations because we also wanted to, to see if there were different patterns there. And well, of course, this this uh, this survey, and we ran it before uh, COVID. I have to say, so this um, this survey is a is a very important one in the sense that how are people dealing with uh, hybrid working, um, and and that was actually key when when we started asking the questions. Um, and so there there were five key findings. I would say we 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 got out of the of the survey um, and without going into full detail on all of them. First of all, the, the key finding was, OK, people. Uh, and, and by the way, I, I made a little mistake. Sorry about that. So the, the survey was done after the first lockdown and before the second lockdown that we had. So it was, uh, it, it was done September last year, so in the midst of COVID. Yeah. So the first question, of course, was, OK, uh, are we going back to the office? So that was the first key finding we had with people. There is a new balance there. Uh, in terms of working from home and working from the office. Another new balance we found is hybrid meetings are the new normal, no surprise there. Uh, We also uh, had some interesting findings in terms of uh, how meetings are planned and structured. Uh, We also found a new balance when it comes to hosting video meetings. How do we do that? Do we prefer to do that with dedicated equipment in the meeting room? Or do we prefer to do that from the laptop? And last but not least, we also dug into uh, usability and and experience, user experience, when it comes to technology. So, long story short, we've actually found five new balances that were shaping, that were taking place in the midst of this COVID pandemic.
1: And so, uh, of those, were yeah. there any that sort of bubbled up as the the, yeah. the highest priority that? from the research that you've done and from the data that you're seeing that you're saying, this is, if, if nothing else, if you can't address all five, if nothing else, this is where employees are feeling the most pain and, and we need to make the most changes.
2: I would say the the number one behavioral change that we are seeing is that um, people prefer to host video meetings from their level. Um, and, and that is something that, that we sort of tracked already before COVID, but we saw that this pattern got, uh, got strengthened quite a lot uh, uh, during COVID. And what do we mean with this? Uh, it actually means that instead of using dedicated equipment, instead of learning how to work with rather complex technology in the meeting room, there is a clear preference with users to host meetings from their laptop. Uh, whether it's a Zoom call, whether it's a team co- Teams call, whether it's a Webex, people prefer to do that from their laptop. And this is, of course, a behavior that, that we've learned to do uh, during lockdown, because with all of us, or most of us, I would say, working from home, it's very obvious that we have turned to the laptop as, as the interface to the world. But it's a habit, it's a pattern, it's a way of working, I would say, that we're going to take along with us when we go back into the office and a majority of people simply say, if I can choose, and I prefer to host the meeting from my own laptop, and that is actually fifty-six percent of respondents saying so. Uh, to contrast uh, with this fifty-six percent, there is nineteen percent saying I want to use in-room systems. I want to use in-room technology. So the ease of use of the laptop that is something that that is sort of a given when we go back into the office post-COVID.
1: So what does that look like? Because I'm—I mean, I can remember being in office and. Almost always feeling like I was fighting with whatever equipment was in the room that I had chosen for that day's meeting, but I'm trying to now envision how do we, as we start to go back into the office, how do we take that habit with us? How are we all sitting at our cubes on our our laptops, not doing sort of collective space meetings, or or how are we doing this? Like, help me visualize this.
2: Yeah, well, um, cubicles may may. Um, or- How would I say? uh, Smaller rooms where you can go into to to do a call, so-called huddles, will of course play an essential role in uh, in in tomorrow's workplace. But what this really means is that um, people have, I mean, uh, they people prefer flexibility, and Mm -hmm. and that means uh, I walk into a room, I start my call, and maybe the call is already ongoing from my laptop. Maybe I'm a few minutes late to join. Well, I just walk into the room, and the moment I come into the room, I'm already in a call because of my uh, or because or, or, or with my laptop so I'm in there already And then I just want to use some piece of technology in the meeting room to enhance the experience for example uh, instead of using the microphone of the laptop which has limitations maybe I want to use a microphone that is in the room already instead of using the camera of the laptop maybe I want to use a dedicated USB camera that is in the room already so I want to enhance my meeting quality but I want to do so still from my laptop. And, and that is something that we are seeing. That is what we actually have dubbed BYOM, bring your own meeting. That also means if the meeting overruns and you're getting kicked out of your meeting room, well, if you would be using like an in-room system, you would have to go into another room and restart and so on. If you're hosting this from your laptop, you walk out, you run into a, into a room next door, and you continue the conversation. Or worst case, you go down, you sit in the cafeteria, and you could still finish your call if you want to. So it's, it's this ease of use, it's this flexibility that, that the laptop brings, that this bring your own meeting trend really brings, uh, that, that is a, a key behavioral change, I would say, when looking at the workplace today.
1: And I would imagine oh, yeah. that this um, bring your own meeting, which I love, um, that, that that approach then means also that the flexibility is not only within that immediate workspace, yeah. but also in that... I don't necessarily have to physically be in the same building any longer with my team and try and get everybody in a collective room. Mm-hmm. People can work from different hubs. So, do we do we in that future workplace? Is that something that you suspect that we'll see as well? Is that there's sort of flexibility in where people call their home base from from a physical workplace even?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's actually your that that's actually one. Other findings. So that's that's I would say the second finding we're we're deep diving into right now because the first one is indeed this this bring your own meeting thing. Uh, a second finding, a second new balance, I would say, is um is uh, is about hybrid. That means that by definition, not everybody is going to be in the same room for meetings. Uh, we used to have this habit. Uh, if you're not in the meeting room. Uh, you were not important, or you were not hard, not not hurt in a conversation or, or in a meeting. That is something that is that is changing completely. So meetings are by definition hybrid meeting. Meaning there's going to be some of us in the office in a meeting room in a dedicated meeting room, but a lot of us also joining either from home or from remote locations. And so that is pretty important. And today, uh, of course, the majority of the meetings is all remote. I would say, meaning that. Most people are joining from home. The new balance that our respondents see is actually that uh, roughly uh, 40% of meetings would feature all remote attendees, so it would be purely virtual, let's say. And then there's another, uh, roughly one-third of meetings that is purely face-to-face, so all participants in the same room. And there's another uh, third uh, that is uh, the mix of in-person and remote attendees, the uh, actual definition of hybrid but so towards the future that means that uh, roughly 60 percent of meetings will be hosted from a meeting room um, whereas the other 40 percent will be hosted by people uh, doing this from their home office doing this from a remote location that is a new balance we are seeing as well so in
1: thinking about that i mean and a lot of our listeners are going to be HR leaders and and they're going to be critical players in helping drive some of the organizational change that's in behavioral change that's going to have to go with this. Because, you know, I would say a year ago, it was not uncommon for companies to sort of have an anti remote, um, you know, sort of philosophy or perspective. And the pandemic forced their hand on that and they had to accept it. But as we start to now move into this future workplace, what do HR leaders need to do? Or what do even organizational leaders need to be thinking about or doing to help culturally shift that mindset that there is, you know, a negative perception with not actually physically being in the room with the, with the perception, like how do we help people adopt this hybrid approach?
2: Yeah, well, first of all, I, I think this negative perception of not being in the room is, is completely changing uh, in, in, in the situation we are in now. So everybody's remote uh, today. So that means, by definition, this, this, this pattern is gone. So I think that is, that is a very important starting point. So being in the room is, is no longer uh, a requirement. Second observation, uh, because of the pandemic, working from home, has uh, become accepted. Whereas before the pandemic, working from home was an exception. Very often, it, it was only for the happy few that this was possible. And it was it was also perceived as uh, a, a bit negative. It was not always accepted by HR leaders because there were doubts about engagement, there were doubts about productivity, and so on. So I think that is a second good thing about the pandemic. Working from home has been fully embraced, has been fully accepted, and it's very clear that, Productivity is not impacted by it. That being said, uh, for HR leaders, I think what is very important next to the pure productivity is what I would call the engagement, people engagement, employee engagement. And that is, of course, where we honestly are suffering today. Uh, If you read the reports from the likes of Steelcase or Cancer Research Institute, you see that there is something missing with all of us working from home. Productivity may not be impacted. But we're missing out on social connection, we're missing out on emotional connection, we're missing out on coffee, corner conversation, we're missing out on collaboration, I would say, because our creativity is impacted and so on. And that is why, uh, moving forward, I think it's very important to, to, to rethink or, or to reflect on the role of the workplace as a whole. And the role of the workplace will no longer be the place where you come in and and you open up your laptop and and you're going to answer emails or you're going to prepare PowerPoint presentations. The role of the workplace is completely changing. It's this place where people come together to really work together in the truest sense of the word. That's why I say engagement is going to be the new productivity. The more engaged your workforce is in the workplace, the more engaged they are when coming into the office, then uh, it's going to reflect on... Uh, your overall performance as a
1: company. I love that, um, but I, I. What are some of the challenges that you think HR leaders or even employees are, are going to face as they start to make this shift? Because I think you're right; it has the pandemic has sort of forced the issue, and people now can see that you can work remotely and get things done. Um, but is there going? Are there some challenges that that folks Need to sort of prepare themselves for as they start to shift into this hybrid mode. Do you think?
2: Um, definitely, there the, there's a lot of things to to think about and, and and to reflect on when when it comes to hybrid working. Um, I think first of all, it's 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 about for yourself. I would almost say about finding the right balance. And and as as, as an employee, I would almost say it's important for me to to know and to understand uh, where I am engaged and and. How I can be engaged. For some people that that will mean that they will have to spend more time in the office than other people. For some people it means working from home is is, is better for their engagement. So there's there's your personal balance and and that's the first one to strike I would say. Find your right balance. For most people the the ideal balance seems to be two days from home, three days in the office. That's on average what what we're seeing in in the survey. Next to that there's of course also I would say your your balance as a company because every company, every corporation has a certain culture. You have a certain DNA, you have a certain value set you want to live. And it's also important to find the right balance there because for some industries, it's very easy to work from home. I mean, take, for instance, Google as an example, and and it's an obvious one, of course. But when you are into into technology, when you are into remote collaboration technology with with Google Meet or, or with Microsoft Teams and so on, It's very easy to to say, hey, we're going to keep on working uh, uh, until at least September of this year, for instance, because it's what your value prop is all about. On the other hand, you have have companies where it is really down to to the collaboration between people, maybe the the collaboration between people in whiteboarding sessions or in creative sessions, think of advertising agencies and so on, where, where this physical connection between people is so important. For them, I would say the balance is going to be different. So long story short, I think it comes down to finding your personal balance as, as an employee, but at the same time as a company to also define what your ideal company balance is. And there's always going to be differences between people and between different different functions and roles within the company.
1: And you've mentioned techno- different technologies a few times, and I'm wondering if, if you personally or just Barco in general has some favorite technologies they think that support, um, and people's ability to adopt this hybrid space.
2: Well, with, without promoting, uh, <laughs> any, any product, because this, this, this is not uh, what, what, what I want to do today, but, um, when it comes to technology, uh, in the workplace, uh, we, we also asked people, Hey, what, what, what would you like to have now in terms of technology today? What would you like to have in two years? Um, and then you, you will not be surprised that, that people, they, they would like to have virtual reality, they want to have bots, they want to have avatars in the workplace, they even want to have uh, uh, gesture control on, onto meeting room equipment and so on. Hmm. But that is uh, the, the, the smaller number. What people actually prefer... Uh, what is number one for them is uh, what they call one-click join apps. So apps, solutions, technologies that allow you to join very easily in the most simple way. Number two for them is everything that has to do with voice control and voice recognition. Uh, so everything that has to do with, with uh, easily controlling your, your devices. And the third priority for people is co-creation software. So what you see here is actually uh, this, these one-click join apps, voice recognition. This is all about the usability of technology. Also, the same thing for co-creation software. People are flagging, hmm, this may not be 100% yet today. So long story short, what people really want when it comes to technology, give us something that is so easy to use, that is so intuitive, that, that, that it sort of flows naturally. And I think that's that's what all of us are used to in our home office uh, or, or in our home setting as well. You buy a new printer, well, you, you power it up and it works. You buy a new phone, <laughs> you start it up and it works. There is no manual, there is no learning. It's so intuitive, it's so self-explaining. That's what we expect from technology.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, I'm, I, I will add my vote to the co-creation. Um, Piece, because as somebody who facilitates a lot of um, internal meetings and conversations and brainstorming sessions, uh, trying to find a whiteboard that actually works like a whiteboard in a physical space has has been an interesting challenge. Um, um, I can imagine. <laughs> So I can certainly add my vote to that one. Well, is, you know, um, is Marco going to continue doing these surveys at, mm-hmm. you know, and, and checking in with these groups to see how things are moving along? Um, and I, I'm, I'm just curious, sort of like, was this a, a focus in on like the pandemic time and, and, and you'll do different studies or is this going to be, you're going to continue to sort of check in with the same survey with this population?
2: We're going to keep on doing these kind of surveys, absolutely. Um, the idea is uh, to, uh, to even increase the frequency. Until now, we did it uh, yearly. Uh, we would like to increase the frequency. And we would also like to sort of keep the pulse, let's say, of, of how meetings uh, or, or how meeting quality is being perceived. Um, and. Maybe some of you are familiar with, uh, with the NPS score, the net promoter score, yeah. whereby on the one hand you have promoters and detractors. And if you uh, deduct the number of detractors from the number of promoters, you come to an index. Well, we are actually dreaming to sort of introduce a similar thing for the meeting room. We would call this the meeting room barometer. And we simply ask people, hey, first is last time. According to you, have meetings gotten better, yes or no, on a scale of 1 to 10? And we actually did this for the first time in uh, in this survey. And we've come to an index of plus 17. So that means that uh, even though we are living in challenging times, these are COVID times, we are working from home and so on. And this means people are still positive about meetings, about the way they are collaborating. And we did not ask the question explicitly the year before, but we could filter it out uh, of a number of responses. So the year before the index was still at plus sixty-three. So that means the index has gone down. It's still positive amongst these COVID times. At the same time, our meeting quality, our collaboration has been impacted. So I'm really curious in the next survey what this index will be. Will it go further down? If we imagine if we if we take the next survey while well, we are still primarily right. working. From home, Will the index go further down or will it it go up again? And then the moment of truth will really be, I mean, with with all these vaccines coming and so on. Once we get back into the office, once we get back into the workplace, will the index go up? Because we all assume when we get back together, face-to-face, together on the workplace, that our meeting quality, that our collaboration will improve. Well, I'm really curious to see whether or not that will be reflected in this barometer.
1: Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I almost wonder in my head if there will be, if there's an opportunity that we you may see a real high spike sort of in that first period that people are back into the office because we're all just so relieved to be back in the office together and then it may be stabilized out and in, in a way where people go okay now we're back to meetings and life is back to this place again and now I can really reflect on um, the meeting itself versus maybe just being so thrilled to just be sitting in the same room with people again. Um, I'm curious-
2: I, 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 wish, I wish I had a crystal ball coming. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I'll check back in with you and see how it turns out. But I am curious: How are meetings at Barco? As people that talk about meetings, how how is it? Are are you guys experts in this yourself? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we we um, we 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 like to test our own products and our own solutions here. So, uh, and and this is a subject that is close to our heart. So. Uh, yeah, we, we, we do a lot of research in-house as well, talk a lot with people to, to see how this is going. And uh, I mean, for us at Barco today, uh, the majority of the meetings is, uh, is uh, remote because uh, in most of our countries, people are working from home today in, in line with local legislations. And I would say roughly 30-40% are, are hybrid meetings uh, at this point in time. And um, the the way we do it, I mean, we we, we have of course embraced bring your own meeting, uh, hosting video calls from your laptop because that is that is where we uh, think we we can add value to, to people with uh, with our ClickShare product line that allows you to wirelessly uh, connect to the meeting room. So we're doing this day in day out. What we're also trying to do is is, is ask people to rate uh, how the meeting was, also to for for them to say, hey, what what is driving our engagement? So There's a lot of what I would say qualitative inputs we are getting there from from employees and and we're talking all the time with them. And we're actually also trying to to sort of formalize this, institutionalize this I would say, uh, by having a more formal way of of collecting feedback from people after meetings uh, to understand what drives them, what what ups their engagement and, and so on. And if, if, if I may, I think uh, this, this, this is an important domain, of course, when, when we talk about meeting quality and about engagement. And uh, we've, uh, as I said, we've, we've run researches before. So we also found out, for instance, that uh, uh, there are certain uh, actions that, that drive engagement in meetings. So, for instance, if you use moving contents, videos, that is something that enhances the engagement. On the other hand, no surprise, if somebody walks in or if there's food being served, that is a distractor for people. So that that brings down the engagement in meetings. And something we also found out in previous research is when when people are struggling with technology, uh, that also, of course, negatively impacts the personal engagement, but it also uh, has a big impact on on, on the employee himself or herself. Uh, at, At one point, we brought people in a stressful situation and we measured their heart rate. So, long story short, when technology let them down, when they could not go on screen, when they could not uh, talk to their remote uh, participant and so on, uh, uh, heart rates went up with one respondent up to 179 beats per minute. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't even get there when I go running for an hour. So, this could be lethal. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, of course, but just to illustrate the importance of having the right technology in meeting rooms can take away a lot of stress for people. It can drive engagement and ultimately you're going to benefit as a company because you're getting better collaboration.
1: Yeah, uh, that's incredible that the heart rate would, would go that high. Um, I, I, I would never have even imagine the stress levels would have been that high, but that's, that's interesting. Um, well, Levin, I love having you here with us today and, and talking to us. Are there any final thoughts or points or takeaways you'd wanna highlight before we wrap up?
2: Well, may, maybe one more thing. Um, if, if, if you look at meetings today versus meetings before the pandemic, uh, the, 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 there's, there's some changes we are seeing. So meetings used to be, as I said, mostly face-to-face. They used to be longer. Also, uh, there were less technology centric, uh, also less video centric. We were happy to, to just talk to one another without video. And I think we're seeing the big change there. So meetings, uh, they, they are today mostly remote. They're getting smaller. There's a lot more technology. They're video first. So I think that is, that is a big change. Add to that the fact that meetings are now also laptop-first in the sense that we're going to bring our own meetings, this BYOM trend, I think we are seeing a big shift. And I'd love to call this actually a flashpoint because what what we're seeing is that uh, meetings pre-COVID and meetings today and meetings tomorrow, there's a big change happening in terms of attitude, in terms of technology usage and so on. So I think we are moving very quickly uh, in the workplace towards uh, the next generation of of meeting and meeting style.
1: Awesome, well, I can't wait to see how we continue to to shift and and what that future workplace meeting looks like. Um, I know I'm ready to start getting to see the hybrid. I, I'm ready for it. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today. If folks want to learn more about this or more about Barco or connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: Yeah, if if you would like to get a copy of the research, please go to our website, barco.com. That's where you will be able to find all the information Happy to uh, to connect uh, with all of you uh, either via LinkedIn. You can easily find me, Livin Berthier, or uh, also happy to engage via Twitter. Uh, Livin Berthier is, uh, is my Twitter name. So uh, happy to connect, happy to reach out, and looking forward also to hear from you uh, how you are seeing uh, meetings change during this pandemic.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for that, and thank you for joining us today. And um, to everyone who joined in, thank you for, for listening.
0: bring your own meeting. Although I, I know he said, bring your own meeting. He kept saying, bring your own meeting, but I was thinking, bring your own bottle. And when they, when I, and as I thought that I thought, man, those would be some great meetings. If everybody and, brought their own. Oh, bottle.
1: That's, that's <laughs> really the workplace of the future <laughs> is C Y O M and B. Yes. Lots yes. accomplished, I'm sure. <laughs> There'll
0: be a lot more honesty, for better or worse. <laughs> 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 Meetings like that. So there I'm you all go. in favor for that. I'm all there. You favor. go. <laughs> and so, what, what did you? Uh, what was one what of your key takeaways? Could you see where, where my mind was?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I can see where your (laughs) mind was. Um, You know, I'll be really honest. Um, When he made the comment, I even, I'm looking here at a note because he, I wrote it down. Um, Mm. You know, he talked about the the role of the workplace shifting and that pre-pandemic, the role of the workplace was a place for us to physically go, sit down and do our work. And now the pandemic has shown us that we can really do our work anywhere. So the role of the workplace is now about collaboration and engagement, that that's, that's the the purpose or the the value that it's adding and having that physical space is much less about just checking off things throughout the day and much more about that people component and i I found that really powerful
0: Well, one of the listeners took away the people component or they took away the bring your own bottle. <laughs> <laughs> <The poll. laughs> uh, send us an email and let us know. You can reach us at Tripod, T-R-I-V-E-P-O-D, at com. Operators are standing by to respond to your emails. So send them, send them now, send them often. Any uh, final words there, Courtney?
1: Uh, No, I think, I think I'm good, but now you've got me thinking about BYOB, so.
0: Yes, yes. Well, it's (laughs) five o'clock somewhere. So uh, (laughs) if it's five o'clock where you are, dear listener, join me in about five minutes.